Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. I'm happy that you found me, but more importantly, folks, I'm thrilled that you have found Jesus. Friends, there's power in the name of Jesus, and as we journey together, we will be unleashing discoveries of how to turn hearts of stone into ones of multiple clay for the potter Jesus to transform. Hopefully, you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, friends, we delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, folks, as we prepare to enter into God's presence today, allow me to speak a blessing over your life. This blessing comes to us in the form of a benediction given to us by Moses' brother, Priest Aaron. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Well, I want to welcome everyone back. Yesterday, I had received a question from Matt in Arizona who wanted to know why I didn't talk about Catholicism during our previous series comparing and contrasting various religions to biblical Christianity. So we did just that. We discussed that there are seven sacred sacraments that are central to the Catholic faith. We first talked about baptism, which was signifying the forgiveness of original sin. And this is done when one is submerged or splashed with water. Confirmation came next. This is a signification of a second statement of faith for those who have been baptized. And then thirdly, we had the Eucharist, which is the eating of the body and drinking the blood of Christ. And we said that Catholics believe that the bread and wine used in the ritual literally become flesh and blood. And then we've got penance, which is the asking of for forgiveness of sin, and then anointing of the sick. And that's when blessings are poured over the people who are in danger of dying, and it's done with a special oil, followed by holy orders, which acknowledges people who become ordained priests. And then the seventh sacred sacrament is that of matrimony, and that acknowledges people who are being married. Now, these seven sacraments are believed to be a gift from Jesus to the church, and performing these sacraments is thought to lead one onto the path for salvation. And Catholics believe that saving salvation comes from both faith in Jesus Christ and doing good works, whereas the Protestant faith is belief in just faith in Jesus alone. And we also said that the key writings for Catholicism include the Roman Catholic Bible, which incorporates 73 total books as opposed to the Protestant Bible, which houses 66 books. And although both groups do claim that their Bible functions as their authoritative doctrine, 
for faith and for morals. And then we said that a canon is authoritative support for the church's teachings. Now, the Eastern Orthodox Church separated from the Roman Catholic Church during the Great Schism or Separation of the year 1054. And sometimes the term Greek Orthodox is used to refer to the entire Eastern Orthodoxy and not just the Greek National Church. And then finally, we discussed how the Eastern Orthodox Church differs in their beliefs with their belief is that man was initially good but fell prey to temptation and turned evil. Therefore, every human being who died before Jesus Christ was born went to hell. And Jesus's appearance on earth, however, by embodying both man and God, paved the way for humans' ascension to heaven. This was considered a retroactive transaction. All those who had been damned in the past were now heaven-bound. The Eastern Orthodox also believe that God alone will choose who is saved and who is not. They therefore believe the best thing one can do is follow the Eastern Orthodox traditions, which can be traced back to Christ. Recall the first church was established in Antioch. We learn that in the book of Acts. And the Eastern Orthodox religion differs in another way from Catholicism in that the priests are allowed to marry as long as they do so before ordination. And in fact, it's thought that priests who lead congregations should be married because they'll have to regularly counsel married couples. And then finally, last but not least to bring us up to date, is that the Eastern Orthodox tradition believes that fasting is a privilege. And and then we had said, too, that the seven sacraments like that of Catholicism, they do believe in, but there is a slight exception in that... Um, the Eastern Orthodox and other sects do not believe that the Eucharist is a literal consumption of Christ's body. All right, now that brought us up to date. So where are we going now? We're going to examine the Protestant Reformation and Martin Luther. Now, why did Martin Luther nail 95 Theses to the cathedral doors in Wittenberg, Germany? Well, it was in an effort to challenge the Catholic Church, and the legitimacy of the Pope. So what was going on during that period of time? For starters, we learned that by 1500 AD, nearly all of Europe embraced Christianity. It was after the collapse of the Roman Empire in the 5th century where the acceleration of Christianity occurred. The medieval kingdoms of Europe continued to bicker, argue, and fight, but they had one thing in common. They all served the same God. So this spread of Christendom reached into France, England, Germany, Russia, and Scandinavia. The believers were making up community that spread from the olive groves of Italy to the forge of Iceland. While the appearance was seeping in unity, 
symptoms of unhappiness were being masked during the Middle Ages. The absolute horrors of the plagues left many Europeans disillusioned. Questions of God began to surface, such as, why would a loving God allow so many to die? The Renaissance era challenged traditional Christian teachings. Many ardent believers began to question the Roman Catholic Church at this time. It's been said at the age of 22, Martin Luther was returning to school during a lightning storm. After a lightning bolt struck very close to him, he exclaimed, Help, St. Anne, I'll become a monk. And he survived. But he did keep his promise, and he left law school for the monastery. Now, this is a great example how God does use all things together for good that we're told in Romans 8.28 to those that are called according to his purpose. And Paul reminds us of that when he tells us that in the book of Romans. So the year now was 1517 and Luther was a frustrated German clergyman. He was known for studying texts at great lengths, which I'm sure you can imagine with his history being he had been in law school at one point. So he took it upon himself to tack a 95-page thesis to the door of the cathedral It was literally a scathing indictment of the Pope's leadership and the general state of the Roman Catholic Church. He would become a professor and a preacher in Germany. Now, there is no evidence today that this 95-page document existed. However, many leading scholars do believe that this legendary cathedral door posting is really not far-fetched at all. At this time, the university's church doors were used to post notices, such as that of a bulletin board would be used today. So what were some of Luther's complaints? Well, he accused them of losing sight of their original doctrines, namely those coming directly from the text of the Bible. He felt that this caused an unnecessary wedge between the clergy and churchgoers. Luther also questioned the practice of indulgences, citing that the leadership in Rome had become too greedy and decadent. And at the time, the Pope was selling indulgences to rich laymen to fund the construction of new cathedrals. Now, an indulgence officially forgave its buyers for their sins. And this culminated in the practice of selling forgiveness to the highest bidder. This was deeply offensive to Luther. The posting of this 95-page thesis sparked a great debate nearly immediately. This spread to the rest of Germany, Switzerland, Austria, England, and Scotland. As discussion traveled, the writings of John Calvin, or Calvinism, among others, further fueled the dissent among the people. Further helping Luther at this time, King Henry VIII of England split with the Roman Catholic Church in 1529. He appointed himself head of England's church, which enabled him to divorce his wife, Queen Catherine of Aragon, which the Pope would not allow. So as a side note, he started off 
as an opponent to Luther. So Luther's criticisms of the church fell upon receptive ground. You could call it good soil. His thesis provoked a major schism or separation within the European community as many of the reformers' beliefs began to coincide, the Protestant religion took shape. The central theme of the Reformation rested upon the belief that the only religious authority was the Bible itself and not a pope. Luther's followers became Protestants and rejected the traditional authority of the Pope in a religious movement known as the Reformation. Within only a few short years, England and many other pockets of Northern Europe had rejected the Pope's leadership, leaving the continent divided among religious lines. This would revolutionize the structure of the modern church, emphasizing individuals relating more directly to God without having the aid of an intermediary. And friends, now is the time. If you have not been spiritually reborn, Jesus made it clear to enter into the kingdom of heaven. A person must confess belief in God's son, Jesus, professing with their mouth. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When we place our trust in Jesus, a divine exchange takes place. Jesus takes our sin, making us right with God. And our sin was placed on to Jesus at his crucifixion. His righteousness is given to us at our conversion. Now, we can never repay this extraordinary and extravagant gift of kindness back to Jesus. However, we can show him gratitude by growing in our relationship with him. We can make efforts to obey him, deepening our relationship daily. Now, let me just end our story from today saying that back in Rome, the Pope did condemn Luther as a heretic and a series of religious wars ensured or ensued, excuse me, between Catholics and Luther's followers. And those wars continued intermittently for a century until the peace of West Velia occurred in 1648 with Luther's revolt against Rome. The religious unity of Western Europe had been shattered forever. So keep in mind, as I just explained to you about being spiritually reborn and what the Apostle Paul told us in 2 Corinthians and that divine exchange, think about all of that. And with that in mind, I am going to challenge you today to take a bold step of courage and faith and openly confess after me. Father God, I'm repenting of sin, meaning I'm changing my ways of thinking. Jesus, come into my heart. I confess your shed blood washed away my sin at the cross at Calvary. Amen. Friends, if you prayed this prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you through the Holy Spirit. 
Now allow me to be the first person to congratulate you on making the most important decision of your life. Congratulations and God bless you. And friends, I hope that you'll consider staying a part of this ministry and joining with the grace and peace that God love wins where we have a podcast nearly available on a daily basis. And on Wednesdays, we oftentimes, when we're not in the middle of a series, choose to host a special children's podcast. So tune in along with your children for your favorite stories that you grew up with. And then we'll be discussing in these podcasts Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, spiritual warfare, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, biblical trust, and many, many more topics. So I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on an adventure of all things Jesus. And if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe so that you're going to get the latest releases when they become available. And, you know, some of these podcasts come directly out of my book, From the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you find the content inspiring or compelling, you can pick up a full copy of my book from my website at pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Dorrance.com. But importantly, friends, if you're unable to afford a copy, write to me. I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. You won't be disappointed. It's full of God's word and it's waiting for you to read it. So until next time, remember you have been marked and sealed with the cross of Jesus Christ forever. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Until next time, friends, God bless you.